When it comes to EVE Online, every player wants to know the most effective tactic available. You want to know the meta. The meta controls everything. It determines what will and will not happen. Knowing the meta will alter your views, make you question your reality. It might even make you laugh. And now, you're part of it. You're watching The Meta Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Meta Show for June the 11th, 2022. I am Brisk Rabal. I'm joined alongside the Matani. We have Angry Mustache here for an unprecedented third week in a row. And you people can't stop throwing money at the screen thank you <laughs> it rules i really appreciate it uh pre-show hype might not be everybody's thing but i like it because it's an opportunity for me to actually like see who's throwing money at the screen and give them shout outs uh crazy dizzy and nethfelon uh both just went really hard and it's great because once i start ranting especially on a day where i'm wearing a black shirt it's kind of hard to see what's happening when all i'm seeing is red and the smug meter is paired to maximum uh i am delighted today to be with you with a black shirt uh i am looking to throw some punches and set some fires we have a traditional ish meta show for you today because we have a mix of all sorts of stuff there's been uh, deployments there have been undeployments there has been regions getting glassed there has been attacks on regions that have not been glassed there is a really detailed MER. And one of the reasons why we have Angry Mustache back on the show is, is that essentially I want to lock him in here and not allow anybody to talk over him and then just interrogate him and let him do his thing uh, over the MER because he's otherwise too polite and will let all of us other blowhards who love to use up the oxygen in a room to do that. Uh, so we've got that. And we've also got something pretty special, which is uh, we got a hold uh, a couple of weeks ago of uh, some CCB financials. They have uh, quarterly, I believe, their quarterly filings that they're required to file in Iceland, uh, like most publicly owned companies, and they might explain where some of the money has gone to. So we've got all sorts of stuff today. Uh, but uh, Brisk, uh, as we are watching this level five hype train finish its thing, uh, where where do we want to where do we want to start? Do you want to do you want to you know take us through things first? You want you want to go first? You want to? Yes, wanna I do, do because uh, in addition to this, we also have to highlight the fact that Angry Mustache and I are here, obviously. Uh, there is a CSM election going on. We have three more days left in the CSM election. Uh, the the election itself is finally done. Hold on a second. I'm getting my right screen. There we go. I'm bigger. I was too small. I didn't I didn't like being so small on the screen next to you guys. So wanted to get that straightened out before I get on my soapbox because I am really annoyed and I need you guys to hear about it. Why are you annoyed, Brisk? Well, here's why I am annoyed. We have been running the CSM election for a good couple of months now. It feels like a long time. It's really only been since the beginning of May when we started doing this. We've had ups and downs. We've had good things. We've had bad things. We've had lots of candidates. There are 40-some candidates running this time. We have Angry and Kazanir. We have myself. We have Panda. We have a bunch of folks running from the Imperium. We have folks from FRT. We have folks from Pandemic Horde. We have folks from a lot of NullSec groups. And then we have everyone else. And I wanted to talk two things. First of all, I would like to say, for the record, 
Thanks, CCP, for doxing every CSM candidate in the history of the game. I don't appreciate it, even though I'm already doxed. I know a lot of people are not mad about it. I wish that hadn't happened, but it did. <laughs> you want to tell people what happened with that? Because I'm not I don't sure want to go into too much detail, but let's just say that if you were smart enough to hit F11 on the website page for the CSM candidates, you would see all the different fields, and there just happened to be a field that had people's real names in it. Going didn't all need to the be way there. back to, I think, 2013. <laughs> yeah. So that wasn't pleasant Whoops. for folks unlike me who have not given out their real names. And I mean, I understand many of you would say, well, Briss, why would, why would anyone have a problem, you know, knowing what anybody's real name is? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You just get banned unfairly and have Fox News call your office and ask for comment. I mean, that's the worst yeah. that could happen, right? Yeah. <laughs> but regardless, it happened, and uh, I think that was that was not pleasant thing this week for the CSM candidates. I know many of them were upset about it, and I would feel remiss if I didn't at least acknowledge that that happened to start the show. But now I'm going to get into my other part of my soapbox, and that is this. This is a very important election, and every it is a trope that we always say: every election is the most important election of our lifetimes. I can't say for sure that this is the most important CSM election that we've ever had, but I will say this. There are a lot of people running for CSM this year who hate you. And when I mean you, I'm not talking like Eve players. Or I'm talking about you, the viewer of the Meta Show. Because if you are like the most of our audience, you are one of a few things. One, you're a long-term player. Two, you're probably in the Imperium, or at least Imperium adjacent, or at least you like to hear what the Imperium has to say about things. Three, you're probably a NullSec player. These folks, many of them running, hate everything about you. They don't like your gameplay style. They don't like who you hang out with. They don't like your friends. They don't like the size of your group. They don't like the ships that you fly. They don't like the things that you engage in to have fun. And their goal is to get elected to the CSM and spend the next year pouring poison in the ear of every CCP developer that they can find to let them do the dirty work that they can't seem capable of achieving in the game. For example, the Imperium just won a war in which two-thirds of the game put together a large coalition and came after us. They classed every single system we had except three. They killed hundreds of trillions of ISK worth of stuff, but we survived. Instead of this being an amazing feat, a miracle, proof that the Imperium is well-led and that we have a coherent culture and that we are great EVE players who stuck together through thick and thin, their response is the game is broken because you guys should have split apart and stopped being friends with each other after all your stuff died. They give <laughs> us no credit. CCP is the reason why we won the war. If the servers could handle these big fights, then we would have lost M2. And how, eh, it doesn't matter. That, was, that, that shouldn't have worked anyway. The bubble fucking thing, ah, you guys are just whining. The reality is the servers broke and that's why you won the war. Oh, and then, of course, they tax the TTT, of which we are only a two-third, like a, a, a one-third of it, 
and we're only getting a bunch of SRP money from as well. But that's what that's what cost them the war. They want to nerf everything you like. Oh, you like Marauders? They're fun to fly. They're cool ships. They're finally the apex of, of being a subcap. No, too good. Nothing should be that good. Nerf it. Oh, your caps? That You like flying caps? Oh, well, no, we're never going to fix that because fuck you. That's why. They have it in their head, many of these candidates, that the best way to play EVE is with five other people and they want to be able to do whatever they want in your space with you. And any advantage that you have is not only not fair, it should be removed from the game. Jump gates, citadels, capital ships. Get rid of them all. Because it's not fair that these guys use those to have fun in a way that I don't. And not only that, they don't care about how many people are playing this game. They don't care that their ideas would cause untold thousands of people who have stuck around in this game through the worst two years I have ever seen of this company fucking up the game on purpose because they think they know better than the people who play it. They want those players, the hardest of the hardcore, the folks who are still here to go walk away because shit was better in 2014. And that's what they really want to go back to. I am not someone who likes to do hyperbole. I'm not someone who likes to cast aspersions. I'm usually a pretty positive guy and I don't like the negative campaign, but I will tell you this. If you have to ask, man, do they really hate us? Yes, they do. But you have a choice. You have the power to stop them. We have a solid slate of 10 candidates running on the Imperium ballot who don't want you to quit, who aren't trying to destroy your space tribe, who don't want to see the meta show get turned into 15 minutes of us talking about some small gang bullshit out in low sec. Get out there and vote. That's how we beat these guys. If we can keep them from getting on the CSM, we make it that much harder for them to pour poison in the ears of the developers to go after us specifically because that's what many and many and many of them want. Don't let them do that. That's my soapbox. I, I, I thought that was a, a pretty reasonable soapbox, Brisk. I mean, I know that uh, you don't like negative campaigning and some people could consider that to be negative. Um, but let me... Uh... Let me limber up here and, and let's uh, let's show. I, I want to show people some negative campaigning. Is that all right, guys? If I I, I haven't worn a black <laughs> if that, shirt, if in if a I, while. what I did wasn't negative, then I'd love to hear your your version of it. Go for it. All right. <laughs> so let me tell you what I see. I'll tell you what I see when I look and I see the pings that the bad guys are seeing that go across the relays. And I understand. I understand that in a single transferable voting system, it is difficult to actually knock people off of the CSM. If we vote and they vote, maybe it's going to be some down ballot people that don't get on. But one of the things that's really different about this year is that almost all of the Pappy candidates are placeholders because their bosses who got to be on the CSM for the last few years, Gobbins, Villy, Pro God Legend, that crew, they're just sending mooks. 
They're sending happy placeholders who are supposed to go there and then presumably just leak everything to elf boy just like when elf boy was on the council himself so the top of the horde ballot is some guy named storm delay who runs their it i guess and that's great his job is to leak to gobbins norris i mean you can't player game whatever is sending some guy whose job it is is going to be to leak to Norris. We have to keep our noses clean. We keep our noses clean because it's the right thing to do because we're adult professionals who have to respect NDAs. And these guys are sending placeholders. By contrast, I want you to take a look at the Chad as fuck Imperium ballot, where we have everybody who's a subject matter expert, everybody who's actually good for the game knows what the fuck they're talking about. And then if you compare that to the happy placeholders, you have a bunch of fucking no names who are just there to leak to their bosses. Oh, wait, I forgot. There is one high profile Pappy candidate this year, a candidate who claimed credit for how he spent the last several years on the CSM, getting CCP to listen to him specifically. He went on any podcast, any show, including the meta show, to claim credit for the fact that the capital revamp has his fingerprints all over it. That's right. Not only is some random guy that runs Horde servers that's going to leak to Elfboy the top of the Horde ballot, PanFam is pushing Wyverns made out of water himself, Mr. Feldistry, Kenneth Feld, the man who is more responsible than any single individual for whispering into the ears of the dumbest part of the Rattati administration and getting them to think, yes, yes, let's go make dreadnoughts and wyverns and make them out of water and let's put some PI components in this and then let's make the BPOs for all of the things that are going to this be ridiculously expensive, incredibly complicated, and make the system suck so badly that it literally crashes the galactic economy. Kenneth Feld, Feldistry. We have gone easy on Kenneth Feld over the course of the last several years because we were in the middle of the Vietnam War and it wasn't really time to set him on fire in public. Now is the time. And I want you to understand, I know, I know that if we vote hard for our candidates, it doesn't mean that Kenneth Feld is not going to get on there because the Pappies are going to send their placeholders and they're going to send Kenneth Feld and they're going to probably get them on and that's fine. But the reason I'm telling you this is that I have always found that spite, spite, my friends, is one of the most powerful motivators to get out there and vote. And one of the things that has bored me over the last couple of weeks talking about the election and its importance is that we're doing it right. We're talking about good governance. We're talking about sending the Chad Imperium CSM ticket where you have Kazanir, one of the best financiers in the game, Angry Moustache, one of the people who actually understands how the economy works. We're sending Brisk, who knows where all the bodies are buried. We're trying to send Pando, Hyper Viper, Saren Blackest, people who know what the fuck about the video game. And on our ballot, we're also putting other subject matter experts that aren't in the Imperium. Yeah, we're doing all this, and that's the right thing to do. That's the good government thing to do, send the right candidates that actually know the right thing. And the Pappies are sending fucking placeholders. So in the midst of all of this discussion about the future of EVE and all this other sort of crap, what I want you to do is get mad and remember that voting out of spite 
feels good. I have often found myself driven to the polls in the real world, not because of my belief in a given candidate, but because of my disgust and contempt for those who I oppose. And I just want to sex it up a little bit. I haven't had a chance to wear a black shirt, but you should understand that all of these years we have talked about water in wyverns. We've talked about how badly the Rattati administration fucked up the EVE economy. If you want to lay the blame for the state of the economy, which we're going to have Angry Mustache, one of our expert CSM candidates who we're sending to Iceland, explain to us in a few minutes. If you want to look at one individual to blame for the situation, just as we had Fazisov, we have Feldistry. Feldistry. They want to rally behind the guy that made wyverns out of water and was so proud about it that he bragged about it everywhere. There are clips plenty of Kenneth Feld bragging about the great industry revamp that has leveled the fucking games economy to the point that we can barely build capital ships. And oh, sure, don't get me wrong. CCP reduced the amount of materials that's required to build a fucking dreadnought. That's true. They have. They cost maybe $3.3 billion to build if you've actually got everything dialed in. After you've bought new BPO, after new BPO, after new BPO to build all these components for reactions using wormhole gas to build a fucking dreadnought. And the core lack of understanding of the industrial system in EVE, remember, capital components, you built capital components, the T1 BPOs, and that made sense. And when you had to do a jump freighter or something like that, you built a freighter and then you had the normal T2 system. Anybody who has actually tried to build a capital ship under the system that Kenneth Feld spearheaded understands how irrational and stupid it is. T2, uh, T2 is a logical progression from T1, and then there's this Feldistry shit that has corrupted our capital ships, and this is the person that Horde has at number two on their ballot after their placeholder pappy that's just going to leak whatever to Elfboy. So I know you may be sitting here and going, gosh, CSM stuff is lame. Gosh, I want to hear about something oh, else. this is boring. It's, I don't want to deal with this shit anymore. Embrace spite, my people. If that is what it takes to blast you off your ass, know that not only do we have spite, but there is a witch that they want to put on the CSM that should be righteously burned for the crimes they have committed to capital ships. It is time for us to acknowledge how Kenneth Feld fucked up the game so much by getting Rattati and those idiots to listen to him and all the other proud pappies there. They had Gobbins, they had Villy, they had Progat. Oh yes, Kenneth Feld, he really knows what's up. We should listen to him. Because they were setting the entire game in such a way that they felt would blow up the Imperium. And that is why, as Brisk was saying earlier, the reason why they say the game is broke is because they spent a long time trying to change the rules of the game to break the Imperium, and then gosh, it didn't work, and so it must be CCP's fault. So the main thing is, is this. If you haven't voted yet, I want you to vote out of spite, because fuck those guys, fuck the Pappy placeholders, fuck Kenneth Feld, and fuck anyone who is a dumb enough fool to believe that more Kenneth Feld and more Feldistry is a good thing for EVE Online. It is time to stop fucking around and going, gosh, maybe the retired guys should change things. They are aware that they have done fuck the game up because I'm sure we've all seen what's happened to the US time zone in the aftermath of the price act. But it is time for us to be open and notorious in our criticism of the incompetence of Kenneth Feld the incompetence of the Panfam slate, the fact that these people want more spaceships out of water. Why would they want them on the ballot? Our enemies have shown their colors yet again. Placeholders, mooks, incompetence, and those who have more blood on their hands for destroying EVE Online's health than any single individual besides Ratati himself. So fuck that noise. Get out there and vote the way that the state asks you to. Thank you. All right.
That was Let's legit. do something and else. Again, and just to, to seal my point about they really do hate us. I linked in the chat. It's under Imperium News instead of me, but it's fine. This was the Declaration of War podcast for last weekend. I was on there two weeks ago. I was accused of being overly mean and talking over to people because one guy would not stop crapping on jump bridges and I wouldn't let him do it. But last week, they didn't have any nullseckers on there. It was Stitch and Phantomite and Arcia. And when you get a minute, go and listen to that. And you will see what exactly what I am saying. They hate you. They hate your gameplay style. Everything you do in EVE is wrong. And they want to make it possible for us to no longer be a thing. Go listen to it. Okay? And if that doesn't fire you up enough to reflex a dozen accounts and go vote... I don't know what will, because it pissed the hell off out of me. I'll tell you that. All right. I no more yelling, thing. or at least for the next five minutes. Yeah. Um, it's mustache time. Yeah, so I was actually supposed to be on that show, but um, I messed up because I, I thought I could do the show at a meet, and then it couldn't. So I ended up in this ridiculous situation. I put a link in chat of what I looked like trying to, uh, trying to go on Declarations of War meet at the Eve Boston meetup, which was fantastic, by the way. But uh, the re I am at fault for why there were no balancing voices on that show that time. No, I'm frankly angry. I'm glad you weren't there. You know why? Because when these guys don't have anyone to check them, they say what they really think. And it's not enough that you guys can hear Mittens, you can hear me tell, tell you that they really hate you. But there is nothing more damning than when it comes out of their own mouths. And not only do they say it, they are proud of it. They will screech it from the highest rooftops. Null sex sucks. Big groups suck. You guys all should quit. You're awful players. You don't know what you're doing. You're F1 monkeys, and you're not cool. That's that's the philosophy. <laughs> it's uh, beyond ridiculous. It, it, it's you amazing know? seeing the, the, the placeholder pappies trying to tell anyone who is cool and who isn't. But look, that's it. That's basically going to be my final right. pitch on the CSM stuff, guys. If you don't want to vote because you have good governance stuff and sending the best and the brightest to fix a game that desperately needs fixing from the worst excesses of CCP Rattati listening to Kenneth Feld and the other proud pappies going, oh, yeah, this guy who makes industrial things for the Jackdaw fleet group of 30 dudes or whatever, we should all listen to them. Well, actually, we're going to head into this pretty soon here. Why don't we let, let, let's head into the MER because I let, like let's sort of All move right. the segments around. There. I'd like to put a spotlight on Angry Mustache and let him sort of show us what these people have wrought with the Eve economy. All right. We're going to go into Pearson the Corporate Veil. We're going to bring Angry up to the front. We've got a lovely bunch of spreadsheets that he's going to walk us through because it's time for the mustache hour on <laughs> the Meta Show. All right, here we are. That's the ballot. This is the screen. Angry, we have a lot of new screens this week, and I think uh, we probably should at least give CCP a little bit of credit for this, huh? Go ahead. Why don't you walk us through this stuff? Right. So this is the... Uh, May MER. So the Reddit post I made was actually wrong. Uh, it's the, it's it, this is the May, not the June one. So I was wrong. But uh, one of the major things I want to bring to light is that this is the first MER that is uh, 
led by CCP. Um, oh crud! I'm having estimate. A, estimate. For forgetting stuff on the stage. So CCP estimate took over the MER from CCP Larrikin, uh, who uh, who was wearing multiple hats after CCP Quant left. So it was his responsibility, but that he was not allocated the time by CCP to actually fix the MER. So estimate came in as their new hired data scientist. And what, what this, was, this was actually really, really happy was that he read the feedback on the April MER Reddit post, and then within a month had implemented most of them, which I think is a great sign uh, and shows that he's very eager to get the data po portion of Eve right. So one of the, so the first couple of slides are all things that estimate added to this one that wasn't in previous MER. So for example, we've always had the production versus destruction versus mining chart. What we haven't had is the regional breakdown showing what portion of space they're in. And, and I think what we expected to see what we all see here, which is that uh, production-wise, it's all null sec, it's all high and high sec. Destruction-wise, null sec is the majority by a good margin. And then mining-wise, it's split. It's actually split fairly well between all regions that aren't wormholes. Although wormholes, you see at the very end, is ticking up because of the need for capital gas. Now that people think that it's viable again, and the part that really tickles me about this is that um, the week before the MER came out, uh, there's this group of uh, consistent wormhole posters on RE who just run to any discussion and then shit on everyone who's not a wormholer. But I decided <laughs> to have a little fun with them, and I made a bait post about uh brisk you go to slide two hey look at that i numbered them this time i'm so happy that you did that so i made a bait post about how uh, uh how null seckers are the bravest pilots in all of eve and all other regions are run by little girls and we are also the number one exporters of technetium other regions have inferior technetium uh so the idea of this was to show the ISK faucet and the destruction within different sectors of space, when you can, and this all comes out of the MER, and what you can see is that out of all of them, only really NullSec has, has uh, destruction and bounties that are somewhat, that are, that, that are somewhat proportional. With every other area of space, be it Pockman, Wormhole, and Abyssals, uh, there is far more ISK coming out of there than things being destroyed. Oh. And I didn't even specify in the post about wormholders in particular, but it was that post was just filled with wormholers whole explaining about things and shitting on everyone else. But I, I think it was very funny <laughs> that um, I posted this in the week after so he posted on the MER and validates it. Angry. Uh, wow. uh, just a reminder, you're supposed to change the batteries in your smoke detectors every time the clocks roll back. So you're a couple weeks late on that. Oh. You might want to work okay. on that next time. Just oh, to the slang. Can you guys All right, go ahead. Hear that beeping in the background? I can't. Oh, of course we can. The, the chat is quite enjoying it. It's very exciting. <laughs> okay, I need to go do that today then. Uh, All right. So the the next thing, this is just showing something estimate fixed. So slide three. So because the MER has been in maintenance mode for so long, all the new capital items to be added, they weren't on the, they weren't in, they weren't being included because no one had bothered to categorize them since. Uh, since that's a manual task that no one had the time to do. And, and we're talking about the things that I was ranting about here. Yeah, the capital components. Free, the none random ass shit that now None of them are in here, your... and Estimate went in and added them, and now the MER is more accurate. So slide four has something very interesting. Um, so also the month, the, like two weeks before the MER came out, I made a post about what is the velocity of ISK and why it matters, and why it going down is a bad thing uh, that you can also find on RE. 
And the week after, the new MDR comes out and breaks down the velocity risk in a way we've never seen before, which is they split it into its velocity with and without flex-related items, which I believe in this one is is extractors, plex, and skins. But I'm not sure if injectors are in there because in other indexes, it doesn't doesn't count injectors with the rest of them because injectors also come from skill points. I'm not sure whether this one includes extractors injector, but we can also what we can sort of see is that they give you the velocity without plex, which is obviously much lower. But you, if you subtract that from the total velocity, you can sort of find out the velocity that does come from plex, and we'll touch on that later on. But basically, half the Eve trade is plex. That's crazy, isn't it? I never thought it would be that high, but then again, it doesn't make sense considering how many people. Like the primary pressure of people, you know, people are PVEing. It's like, oh, I got to make my Plex this month. I got to whatever. It's like paying the bills. So it makes sense that the, the Plex trade is actually this high. So slide five. There we go. So the thing about that, uh, that is that um, this is another one that has to do with uh, velocity of ISK, which is that uh, the definition of velocity of ISK is total ISK supply. Uh, sorry. Total market activity divided by total ISK supply. And what you can actually sort of see is that the money supply has never stopped going down after the start of scarcity and blackout and whatever in 2019. So you see initial slide at blackout. That's actually people quitting the game. And then after that, it never stops going up. And that's because, go to slide six. uh, Right now, uh, the ISK faucet situation is that we are printing more now per month uh, than we are before blackout. So six is May 2022. If you go to seven, that is the month before blackout, June 2019, about three months ago. So the the the, the ISK faucet, three months, uh, but the month before blackout was 85 trillion. Last month it was 120. So scarcity didn't necessarily cut down the ISK faucet. It just moved it to other areas of space. And if you saw the the slide before about destruction, it's not this necessarily space where a lot of destruction happens. Beep. Oh, dang, you can hear that. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so on slide eight is something, uh, it's, it's not data that's explicitly included in the MER. So what it is, is we're sort of back solving the amount of trade through EVE uh, through the money supply and velocity of money to see if it matches the other data that's given in the MER itself. So the light blue line is the summation of of regional stats given by CCP. The dark blue is what's calculated by multiplying velocity of ISK by the money supply. And you see they mesh fairly well. It's not perfect, but it's good enough that we can say that this is valid data. Uh, Slide nine has the real life velocity of ISK, uh, if anyone's interested in that, and why economists have been concerned about uh, the about the economy going forward. You really don't, in the real economy, you really don't want velocity of money sliding down too much. Um, yeah, that's not good. We don't like that. On slide wow. 10 uh, is a is a caveat for all this data you're about to see going forward because uh, all, almost every single metric in EVE is actually just a proxy for player activity. So when you're looking at this, just keep that in mind. When player activity goes up, all these metrics goes up. When player activity goes down, all these metrics go down. That's a great, I love that heat map. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. It's good. So on slide 11, 
has sort of tracking uh, is another one because uh, is is this one is tracking whether uh, the decrease in velocity of this is due to people trading less or is it due to the money supply going up? And I marked it with some uh, with some indicators that shows the impact of major patches on the velocity of this. And I think the conclusion you can see from here uh, is that the decrease in velocity is very much driven by CCP patch changes. So starting with blackout, you see a giant Deep. slump. Starting with mineral redistribution, you see a giant slump. Starting with the capital industry change, you see a Fell giant industry. slump. Like this is just to bring yeah. it back to my right. rant earlier. I, I right. want everybody to remember March of 2021 is when Feldistry was implemented. And of course, if this was a smart person to listen to about what you should do with the EVE economy, some of these things would be going in a different direction as opposed to, oh, gee, Feldestry came in and immediately graph go in wrong direction. Oh, and it stays going in the wrong direction over time. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, it just, so you look at that, the, the blackout numbers in particular, blackout didn't cause too crazy a, a reduction in its velocity. But damn, the industry stuff did. Mm -hmm. I mean that's unbelievable. Like it's absolutely crazy. It's absolutely I gotta go crazy. Get that thing changed. Wyverns made out of water, boys and girls. That is what the Pappy Ballad is all about. So right. uh, <laughs> I just yeah. I mean let's yeah. keep on. Let's keep going. What, what else we right. got? All right, what else we so got? You see that lone green line is when CP did the tax break in last July. That uh, Pappy also says ended the war. But when they also did that, they reverted it only two months later because the uh, the ISK drain had become unbalanced because right now CCP is relying on sales taxes as the primary ISK sink in E, which is not a good design, but one, but it's the easiest. Beep. So that's their only thing that they've got. That's right. all that, the, I mean, that's really the main ISK sink. And it's unbelievable that they have not come up with anything beyond that. Right, so slide 12 is showing you that. You can sort of track the, trans, the change in transaction taxes in ISK sink between the patches and and you're in and it's showing you where why they chose to do this because if you didn't if that brown line stayed at uh stayed at a low well it's negative stayed at a closer to zero level the account the isk inflow and outflow would become unbalanced very quickly yeah so that one I actually have slide 13 i have twice you can just delete that okay. right over it slide 14 so the interesting thing about about what they about breaking up what they broke out the plex and total its velocity, you can also break it down into plex only, which we have. And and I think this this one is me doing some math to confirm the suspicions that uh, most of the most of plex is traded in the forge, which it is. Everyone was mm -hmm. th everyone thought that this is confirmation that if you see the dark blue line, which is the trade in plex go down, trade in the forge follows very closely. That's the light blue line. However, the rest of EVE uh, isn't really affected by the change in Plex trade, but it is affected by the change of everything that's not Plex. So the dark brown line is the monthly trade of Beep. everything that's not player Plex related. So that's player produced items. A lot of that is in Jita as well, but you see in the light, light brown line, that is the trade in every region that's not the Forge. And you see how this one tracks the light brown line much better than the than the than the than the dark blue than the dark blue line. So this is sort of showing you plex trade happens in Jita. Everywhere else in Eve is mainly trading player made items. Okay. Slide 15. 15. All right. And this is the one that I'm sort of less 
less solid on. So I was thinking, if Plex is mainly traded in Jita, can we sort of derive hey. the trade in Jita if there was no Plex by just subtracting that? So this is Jita trade without Plex and compared with trade outside of the Forge, which is also primarily not Plex. So I sort of wanted to see if I had a, a suspicion that trade everywhere else in EVE was sort of dying out because the CCP changes and more being and being more and more concentrated in Jita. And, and I think I think you can sort of see that towards the end because the trade uh, the no the no Jita trade line starts dropping while the Jita line holds stable in an environment of reducing of reduced player base. I think sort of like more and more places outside of Jita are losing the critical Pete. mass to be a viable trade hub. And now, that's the angry, end of on, my on here, do you right, right here, right here? What was that? Answer. Was that Pochman? Which one? Was uh, th this this see. area here where it's almost the same? What do you think? When, when that was that was I guess beginning or end of January? Maybe that was M two. What do you think caused that these numbers to be so close together here? Was that the war? I think that is primarily the war. That is the okay. period where Pappy made the breakthrough into Delve, and we're camped in one DQ, and they're camped in T five Z. Okay. And then right after that, because again, like the hotspot is around March of 2021 is where you see these huge drops. And uh, yeah, okay. I, yeah, Spectre, I mean, that's what I was thinking. Like this could have been potentially the fact that, you know, Nyarj is gone. So the trip to Amara was harder and that made Amara a better trade post for a little while than Jita before people figured out how to move things around and get it there. So... That, I was thinking maybe that's what that was, but I, I don't know. I, I think I think the idea that it was the war is probably smarter. I think that that makes more sense. All right. Okay. Do we have more slides? Are we slided out? Have you slid us out now? Angry? Are we done? That's it. I'm out of slides. Right. I thought like this would Beep. go on for a bit of time. Well, what, are your, I mean, what are your well, takeaways? Like, like, let's hit us with some of your like. What are your for somebody? Imagine simple mittens has been listening to beeps and my brain has been in screensaver mode because I, I'm trying to look at this I'm stuff and then things are happening. Exactly. Uh, what would you like somebody like me? What are the, the bottom line takeaways from the, the last 15 slides and the beeps, all of the beeps? Please don't mute yourself. You need to leave that on. Okay. Just saying. Right. Um, so I would say that, uh, it might hit home economically now in that CCP has induced an intentional recession to EVE that they still haven't quite uh, pulled the economy out of. And, and I think it's critical now that they do put the economy in a good place because uh, they, introduced, they introduced scarcity on players, so players introduced sub-scarcity on CCP. And uh, I think it's about time they realize that. So what, so what do you think they should do? I mean, is, is this a question of providing way to make more ISK raw? Is it providing a way to make uh, more industry, like be able to build things easier? What, what, what will get us out of, this, out of this recession, do you think? That and I, I know I'm asking a, you to speculate, because obviously this is a, right. that's a very open-ended question. I don't have question. an answer <laughs> that I know CCP would actually like. I don't have an answer that I know they'll actually devote the dev resources because I know they're very short on dev resources. Like a lot of the answers people have, for like this is how we fix EVE. Oh no, that's going to cost 
like six dev hours. So we're not going to, no, sorry, like six man years of dev hours. So we're not going to do it. So there you go. I'd have to, I'd have to As think a, of something simpler to implement. Casimir is jumping in here in chat and he says that he, he he's helping the simple mitten brain. And he says the clear message here is that NullSec is deeply out of whack vis a vis top tier abyssals and wormholes. And that was something that was in the earlier part of his yep. presentation that I thought was quite interesting is that the wormhole people, when they're all like, oh, well, we're really hardcore and we do all the combat and everybody else in EVE is just a bunch of people crabbing. Well, it's hilarious to be shown the reality that they are completely full of shit. Uh, and that things are out of balance. I, I don't understand how having uh, <laughs> all of the velocity lines are going in the wrong direction and all the things that in theory with the pappies were saying was going to make the economy go well is not exactly make it made it work. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm glad we have you like, here's the thing. Like if they would just listen to somebody like angry or somebody like Casimir who has a real subject matter expertise in an extraordinarily complicated economy. There is no game that has a economy as complicated as Eve's. Uh, they could do a lot of good. Uh, as an alternative, they could continue to listen to the Feldistry guy who as clearly has been shown here, uh, was not exactly a really good thing for the Eve economy. It hasn't really turned things around. Uh, I think that if things are not changed here soon, it's going to get really crazy. We're already seeing some pretty nasty drop-offs in U.S. time zone because of the price increase that CCP did, and then suddenly a lot of people in USDZ. We're going to talk about breaks. that in a minute. It's the summer where we're going to be headed there. Uh, but essentially, what we are finally seeing is a lot of the consequences of the Rotati administration's incompetence. And they have a right to blame the CSM and, and blame Kenneth Feld and say, oh, well, we listened to Kayfeld, and he, he did all these things, and we put water in wyverns, and now, great. Uh, but whatever they were doing, it clearly hasn't worked financially, either in the real world financially or in the actual game economy and still core chunks of the game are fucking broken. Uh, so <laughs> let's talk about that, Brisk. Where are we going next? All right. So first of all, Juan, angry, unmute your fucking mic. If you don't give the people their beeps, they're going to riot. People demand their beeps. Do it. They want their beeps. Anyway. Uh, where we're going next. So to, to Angry's point, Angry said this earlier, and Mitten just said it right now. We talked about the price increase, and then and Angry talked about dev time and resources. And the big question that I think a lot of folks had, a lot of questions people had was, one, why did we have to have a price increase? And two, where's the money going? And I want to thank Dr. Oz was very good. That's Dr. Oz, that's the joke. The Oz was very good. He found the 2022, 2021 consolidated tax statements that had to be filed in Iceland for Pearl Abyss on behalf of CCP for the for the subsidiary that owns CCP that talks about all of their revenue goes through everything like this. It's a very long document. Mittens and I have poured through it. Other people have poured through it. We want to go through it with you guys today. We've talked about this before, but I think this is pretty important because I think it lays out pretty clearly what's going on and what we're seeing and why we're seeing it the way that we are seeing it. So let me pull this up. This is the consolidated Pearl Abyss Iceland statements for 2021. This is a public document. It's not secret. It's not anything that, that, that folks should get upset about. This is far less bad than doxing the entire CSM for the last 10 years. So 
running down here, you can go through. This is this is a standard document. If you've ever read a, a, a statement K or any of the types of statements that you'll see in an SEC report in the United States, this is very similar. It talks. It has all kinds of stuff in it. Numbers, uh, narrative. It'll go through all the different accounting practices, how they make their money, how all this other kind of stuff. So we're going to walk through some of the stuff because I think it's important for you guys to see. So. Statement of comprehensive income. This is where the fun begins. Okay. Last year, 2021, they had revenue of $63.8 million for the entire year. That is a year-over-year -year increase over 2020 by about $1.5 million. Okay. That's a pretty good number. And that's the number that we tend to see when Pearl Abyss puts out their quarterly uh, statements because they talk about money per IP and they talk about the EVE IP and that's how much money that he generates. So when we look at this, we look back, we see the different quarters, we add them up, it usually adds up to around $60 million. So we know 63 million. Now, cost of sales, they did about $4.6 million worth of sales that reduced their income because if they had not done those sales and, and people had paid the full price, that's what it would have been. So that reduces the overall income that would have been generated to gross profit of $59 million. That is up $3 million from 2020. That's pretty good, right? Well, look at this. Their operating expenses, research and development, that is the staff. $37 million in 2021. That is up $10 million from last year, mm -hmm. a $10 million increase in the amount of money mm -hmm. they're spending on development. Marketing, $14 million on marketing, up $2 million. Their administrative expenses has pretty much stayed the same. Their publishing expenses have pretty much stayed the same. So their total operating expenses in 2021, $73 million, almost $74 million, up from $62 million. They had a loss last year of $9.4 million. And in 2022, before taxes and other income, they all about broke even. There was a $64,000 difference between what they brought in and what they spent. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, taxes. Iceland is very generous. They, they get money back from their taxes instead of having to pay. So the result is... The overall profit and loss in 2021, CCP lost $8 million. That is almost half of a quarter income of revenue for the company. In 2022, they lost $1.6 million. This is in the height of the pandemic. This is in the height of when people were playing EVE. They still lost money. How did they lose money? Well, right here, I mean, this is the biggest number development. They are spending a lot of money on development. Now, can we break this out and say, is this development for Eve or is this development for whatever? I don't think we can, because this is company-wide. But they are spending a lot of money on development right now. And that is what has caused them to run deficits in the last two years. Mittens, go ahead. 
Yeah. So people who are talking about like, is this related to Eve Echoes or something like that? I don't believe that because Eve Echoes was developed by NetEase, I believe, which is a, a different company that was through a, a right. licensing agreement. Uh, essentially, the reason why this is so significant is in an environment where we have been told, hey, wait to FanFest, there's amazing content coming, there's all this stuff going on, and the company is raising prices quite significantly, which is one of the reasons why there is a gaping hole in the USTZ player base, as well as even more of a hole in the Australian TZ player base as a result of these price hikes. It is a reasonable question for customers to look around and go, okay, why do you need more money? And in these public filings, we have some very interesting things is that uh, the only difference between 2020 and 2021 is that they decided to set about $10 million on fire for R&D. Now, we don't know the details of that, but we do typically know that if you spend $10 million more on stuff, you would probably be able to point to something and say, gosh, this is what we worked on here. This is where we worked on there. Or, you know, at the very least, we would see as players more than just, uh, I, I, I don't know, uh, you know, Feldistry. I, I don't know. What did we get in 2021? I don't know where that money went. I know it was probably, you know, not in a illegal or any kind of malfeasance way. I'm not making any accusations of that kind. What I do know is there is $10 million that was spent on research and development this year in 2021. And uh, here in 2022, uh, I don't know where that went. I do know they have raised the prices and we're all kind of wondering where's, where's the money going and where's the content? And where's the stuff that you would expect to see that? So if you were wondering why suddenly out of the out of the gates they're 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 doing this, we're wondering too. And we're also we're just very curious as to where all this development money went to develop something, which I guess hasn't hit Eve yet, or or who fucking and we're, knows? I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get there in a little bit, and and I, I think there's some things in here that we're gonna demonstrate. The guys are asking, okay. where's the link? Is there a link? There's no link. I don't have a link. I have the file. Okay, so I I mean I, I don't have a way to easily get this to you guys, so I'm sorry. Um, if th this screen is really quick, this is the total value of the company. This is the equity and liabilities combined in 2020, 300 million in 2021, it dropped to 289 million. A lot of that was, uh, it looks like, uh, the biggest issue here, they, they had a big borrowing. I think they, it, this is discussed, uh, discussed later that they reconsolidated a bunch of their debt, uh, and got a new loan, uh, and some other things. So. We're going to keep going here because I think it gets down into more granularity that I think is interesting. So cash flows, you can see the profit and loss and everything. They talk about how, uh, let me get through here. They talk about how they're different, uh, different philosophies for revenue. One of the things that was interesting, when we buy Plex, the Plex counts as revenue for them, but it's deferred income until you turn that Plex into game time. As long as it's sitting out there, they can't take the money from, from that. So the result is, it, like here you can see, uh, where is that? Here it is. Uh, I think it's, I'm trying to find the screen where it's on. We'll get to that in a minute, but there's some other stuff in here. So, all right, so one of the other things I want to point out, royalties and licenses, this is, this is where the Echoes money is, I think. It comes to the mm -hmm. license and the royalties that they get from Eve Echoes. It's about $10 million. Revenue from subscriptions and in-game sales, $53 million. Okay, and then sale of goods. They they made a lot more, I guess, in 2020 from selling. So they made $12,000 worth of, of paraphernalia sales versus $3,000. Again, we've talked about this before. We think there's money left on the table here. Geographic information. This is interesting. North America, number one. 
which means when, I, when we see the USTZ numbers being down so bad, that's scary because North America is the number one region oh, by far. I think, I think we analyzed this. Before. Did we analyze this? But we got this a few weeks ago. We've just yeah. been sort of sitting on it, wondering what to do with it. And, you know, now on an almost nightly basis, we're seeing, uh, you know, our USDC guys are doing stuff, but game wise, we always can check, you know, the PCU and see that there is a substantial hit in USTZ. In EUTZ, people are having big fights, things are still happening there. Uh, but this is particularly relevant, I think, when you see that there is so much uh, revenue coming in theory from North America, uh, at least as of this is, you know, end of 2021 financial report. And here we are in 2022, they've raised the price of subscriptions to $20 per in USD. And uh, mo if most of the revenue is coming out of uh, North America, proportionally speaking, uh, that would be very concerning with the PCU the way that it is, particularly in USDZ. We saw we saw things dip below 14K in USDZ last night, and you don't see that too often. So that's, that's a thing. Okay. I'm circling this because I think it's interesting. So this is the group domicile. So revenues from external customers in Iceland. They 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 sell one hundred twenty one thousand dollars a year in revenue from Icelandic residents. Everything else they make outside of Iceland. I just thought that was interesting. All right, um, going down here. We're gonna keep going down. So we've got salaries, and again, that's why you look at the look at the salaries thirty two, and then you go back and you look at the R and D number. Salaries was thirty two. R&D, where is R&D, where is that at? Here it is, R&D 37. So 32 of that 37 is 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 actual like salary cost. $5 million difference, what I'm sure is, is a lot of other uh, like hardware and things like that. But salaries, 30, 32. Average number of positions right here, in 2021, 335 versus 301 in 2020. They're hiring. They are hiring. And they hired enough that those 34 people that they hired, $55 million added to the salary cost. So this is not a, and this is one of the things I want to highlight for the folks that are worried that Eve is dying. It's not dying because I don't, th this is not the behavior of a company in a game that is dying. They are investing. They are hiring more people. They are, they are putting money back into the game. We're going to see that in a little bit, but it's, it's just interesting to me that, you know, we always ask how, how many developers does Eve have? Well, we can't say how many developers they've got, but staff wise, they're back up to 335. And that is probably the highest number that I can recall in a while. I mean, it's not like the good old days before Incarna, right? Mittens when they had. Yeah. The war on the impossible people. and they got up to 600 and they had offices here and offices there. And then uh, pissed away all the money and goodwill on world of darkness and pissed it away on dust 514 by making it exclusive to the PS3, thus condemning it to a dark fate even before it was born. Right. The story of Eve online has never been one of poverty. Eve has reliably been the golden goose that has quarter after quarter shit out profit. And then that profit is taken from the golden goose and is allocated to things like spark or needing more psh 
in the Atlanta office for World of Darkness, which never goes anywhere, or yet another dust. Uh, maybe this time they're going to do another uh, another dust game, but this time it's going to be just PC. And I, you, you know, the the reason why this is tragic, and the reason why it's so annoying, and the reason why we roll our eyes so hard when CCP says that they're going to raise prices and do stuff like this, is that they have a track record of making money and then misallocating it. Excuse me, allocating it correctly, potentially for a business perspective, but from a consumer perspective, it sure looks like the, the they didn't really do it right. So it, it's fascinating to to see all the, the 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 blood on paper here. Yep. So I'm I'm growing rolling through here to see if there's anything else. That's that's the end of it. I've got to go back here. I think we here. hit the big ones there. Yeah, know? I think we hit all the big ones. I'm trying to find the one that talks about deferred income. Let me see if I can find it. Um. PDFs are here it is deferred revenue. This is it right here. So you look here, current liabilities, deferred revenue, seven million. That's the Plex outstanding mm. in the game, and that they they're not allowed to to use that until uh, until that Plex is redeemed. So if there's a narrative, I know there's a narrative statement that talks about it. Um, if I can find it here, where is it? It's not that section. Let me go back. Uh, I can't. I'll have to do a search later. I, I won't hold up the story by doing that. But anyway, document analysis. This is real-time financial got. document analysis. Of what happened? So, yeah. in, the, in the long run, I mean, basically, the way that the the, the you, you <laughs> folks want to ask, folks want to ask, why, why, why was there a price increase? Well, because the company lost eight million dollars last year, and they lost a million the year before. They are investing in the game. They are adding new people. That That is why. That is why the prices went up. And as much as we would have preferred them to go a different way, we would have been happy with them to, to, uh, to do that. They didn't do that. All right, here's the deferred revenue uh, here. So they talk about revenue recognition. Premium access fees, that's for Omega. The group recognizes revenue from premium fees on a straight-line basis over the subscription period. So you buy a subscription, they get the money. In-game currency. Revenue from the sale of in-game currency is recognized when the group has fulfilled its performance obligations and service has been fully satisfied. Revenue received from the sale of unused in-game currency is reported as deferred revenues and current liabilities. That's what it means. So it means is that when you turn in your, so Plexus is an agreement between them and you, you buy the Plex, you turn it in, they give you 30 days worth of game time. You don't turn in the 30 days worth of game time, it doesn't count as income for them. It's it's a it's a deferred liability, it's a deferred revenue when it goes in the liabilities category. So, and it was about $7 million, if I recall correctly. So that that's that's how the, that, that Plex works. So, I mean, in the, in the end, the bottom line is the company is doing a couple of things that I think are good, or at least that we should be happy with, because it's not the symbol of a company that's failing. They are investing. They're hiring more people. They're spending money on marketing, still spending money on marketing. These are all things that you wouldn't see from a company that's in maintenance mode, because they would be reducing costs, cutting staff, reducing marketing and focusing all their attention on the existing players that they have and keeping them and not trying to do stuff to bring new people in. At the same time, again, they are not making money right now. And I guess 
you could say after a while, maybe it's all right for a couple of years. We don't have more than the last two years because we only have this data. And I wish we could go back and see a couple of years back what uh, what what the numbers look like in, say, 2018, 2019 before the sale. But the reality is for the last two years, they've lost money. They can't they can't keep doing that. They're going to run out of cash reserves if they keep doing that. So they have to at some point. Make more money or break even. And that to me is is probably the prime motivator behind the, the price increase. Now, was that gonna is it gonna happen? Is it gonna make them make more money? Who knows? Maybe not. Because for everybody that has quit because of the twenty dollars, I mean, I don't know how many people are gonna be coming in for the twenty dollars. And the number of people that I know that have reduced the amount of money that they are paying because they're not using alts or they're flexing their accounts, which is again deferred revenue. That's been quite a bit. So I don't know. We'll see. We will see. But in the end, you guys want to know where is the money going? There you go. Angry, do you have any comments on this? And I, I, I did you did you replace the battery? Is that what you I were doing? I did. I did replace the battery <laughs> on my smoke detector. That he was just what I was does. doing when I when I uh, put my screen off. But um, oh. at least from an in-game perspective, so what I noticed what they did was that when they increased the cost of Plex, essentially changing the exchange ratio of Plex, right? Before it was, what, it was $20 for 500 Plex, now it's $25 for 500 Plex. They didn't touch any of the existing Plex that was already out there. So essentially they handed everyone who was holding Plex a giant uh, a giant pile of ISK, basically. That's sort of, it's been a long-term practice for players who are only about to go inactive, right? They converted all to Plex and they hold it there. So CCP is encouraging their own players to hold Plex and hold more liabilities on their balance sheet because Plex has been shown to be the only inflation-proof asset in EVE in the long term. Hmm. Interesting. I guess we do have some of these. That makes sense. Some of these uh, accounts for going back. So yeah. So there is the link. pointed out on markets for ISK. If you check this out, which uh, Brisk has just brought up here, you can actually put find the link in these the things yourself. Uh, and take a look at it. So I'm glad that we can get that in front of people good. Uh, so they can do their own analysis. Very good. I should have just asked Noisy. I knew he would have known before me saying, I wish I had these numbers. Well, you know, obviously we have them. So we can go back and take a look. But anyway, that is that. Now we have like, we're already over time, but there were a couple of things I just wanted to highlight. Uh, we can do that really quickly and then we can get out of here. I mean, the, so in terms of our top story, we're going to talk about the end of the deployment. Boss. Jeff had deployed to Faith Abilis, and it had deployed to Faith Abilis. That's over. How do you think it went? Uh, I think it went great. Uh, at the start of our deployment, uh, we asked folks to glass Pathy regions, right? We, we went to Faith Abilis and we glassed it. And I got up on a fireside and I asked people to, to do more because when we went to Tribute in 2019 and we glassed Tribute, uh, folks hadn't really gotten to the groove of it yet. It was before the Vietnam War and we hadn't really uh, learned how to do something like that. People are like, oh gosh, you know, I, I'm, I'm retired. Only, only one region is good enough. Uh, and the, the troops were willing to keep marching. People were willing to keep burning. Uh, we went into Amis and we burned that. And then uh, we said, well, we'll just keep going until it gets to the point where we're at the edge of our tantrum radius. So we went halfway into Tenerifice 
We had some really good fights. We we learned a lot. We crashed about a trillion isk of dreads into trees over the course of the first part of the campaign. And then we were like, gosh, maybe we should learn and not do this. Uh, and we figured our shit out. And then the campaign ended with a bang. We went into 4060p. We gated our titans into the teeth of the enemy. Uh, we lanced some Macarials and then we fucked off and then we went home. Uh, now, of course, earlier I've seen some pappies going, oh gosh, you were you were retreating, you were running away. I think we've made it very clear to everybody that a glassing deployment is you go and you purge as much as you can. We've never intended to hold or keep any of those regions, and we made that clear. And folks did great. Like We ended up getting to the point where we're moving staging systems approximately every week uh, as we were advancing further and forward, further forward. And then what was interesting about this is you know when it's about time to, to call it, uh, we had deployed and we were into Tenerifis, attacking into 4060p. And then this is where we get to start talking about Pispy again. Because magically, mysteriously, as part of this process, suddenly the pappies started pappying again. We got to see NC and that jackdaw group deployed to XVV uh, in MNC in order to try to come after us. And then Fraternity, for some reason, decided that would be a good idea to start attacking Dracarys and HY. So that made it very clear to us that we were at the point of overextension, right? You can purge this far, no further. Now it's time to draw it back. So we started bringing the boys back home. And as soon as we turned up in HY TAC to defend Dracarys, who are full members of the Imperium and part of our fucking coalition, as we made it very clear to everybody that in the Imperium, if somebody attacks somebody in the Imperium, we drop what we're doing and we go to defend. So we posted up an HY ready to deal with whatever fraternity was going to do. And then, you know, they fucked off. Great. Okay, wonderful. That's fine. And head on home for Delve. And I've been telling the boys to uh, boys and girls to learn how to huff gas and start producing caps, which is one of the reasons why I'm now mad about the Kenneth Feld thing, because I have had to get a crash course in exactly how stupid the new capital production system is, even if it's now not as stupid as it was when Wyverns were 90 billion isk, right? Like there is the, the core complexity issues, the cost of Feldistry has been reduced. It doesn't, you know, you can make a dreadnought for about 3.3, 3.5, uh, but the complexity required and the amount of component BPOs that is required is way more than it ever was before. And maybe that was always the intention is to have a game where people can't actually build capital ships because, uh, you know, whatever it was a nerf the Imperium Pappy scheme. I don't know. Uh, but it has been, it has been fascinating. So yeah, we would, we also, the other thing is we started the deployment uh, first week of March. And we kept things going essentially for a full two months, which is when you're not doing a hell war, when it's not like Vietnam war style, like 18 months or whatever, back in the day, campaigning for about a month was about the normal limit. Uh, and the Vietnam War obviously distorted that because 18 months of hell war is something, you know, kind of kind of like, whoa. Uh, but I'm very happy. Two months of, of regular movements and two and a half regions pretty consistently purged. Uh, we forced the pappies to show their cards because lo and behold, they're all still pappies. They're all going to come deploy to help each other out, uh, even though we were just going to beat up on fire. Uh, and, uh, well, actually, technically speaking, we were going out there, fire attacked us first. We actually caught Constantine the Sincere saying that, then they claimed that we were attacking them. It was this whole stupid mess. But the point is, we burned two and a half of their regions and we went home, and there's still a bunch of losers who are going to be voting for a bunch of placeholders and the guy that did more to ruin the game, the side of Rotati or Hilmar. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with it. It was, it was a good run. I'm really happy. Two and a half regions torch. That's, that's way better there than the, the tribute one. And as Cameron <laughs> notes, 
you know, Mittens and I are getting older. We're, we're very pleased Asking when we can talk about regular movements. movements. Yeah, <laughs> very pleased about nice. that. In addition, just want to highlight, uh, according to my dear friend Darkshines, in it, in our deployment, which mirrored the Jeff deployment, in fact, we were there a little bit earlier than Jeff, mm -hmm. uh, we were able to withdraw spoils of about $400 billion isk worth out of the bad guys. So not a bad, you know, two months worth of work. Especially when we had not deployed the entire alliance for most of the most of the fighting, it was mostly our Adeptus Astartes uh, uh, PVP SIG that went down there. So that's not bad. Four hundred billion, not too bad for a couple months' work. All right. I think All at right. this point we're kind of at the end of the show. So I want to let Mister Angry Mustache, the vanquisher of the lovely beep, the replacer of batteries. Mr. Smoke Detector himself, get the final word. Go ahead. Had to be done. Had to be done. Had to be done. <laughs> the Beep Destroyer. All right. Oh, Mittens, any, any last statement before we get out of here? Vote. If you don't vote because of the good and the power and the intelligence of our slate of candidates, vote out of spite and disgust. For the Pappy placeholders and the water boy that they want to have CZB listening to again. Uh, I hope that everybody gets out there. And we have a, a bunch of work to do. Things have gotten very complicated and even in a good way. We actually had a bunch of meetings today. This is why we're grappling with the, the Feldestry crap. Uh, and it's interesting times, interesting times ahead. I hope everybody had fun. It's good to be back. I was happy to wear a, a black shirt and throw some punches and set some bitches on fire. Sit. Yeah. Mittens oh, wears yeah. a black shirt. I got a pink tie. Angry has a has a smoke detector going off. We had a fun show today <laughs> this is good for all of you people. I want to thank you all for joining us for the Meta Show. Today has been June 11th, 2022. I'm Bruce Ripoll, joined alongside the Matani. Special guest, three weeks in a row, Mr. Angry Mustache. Hopefully we will be seeing him elected on the CSM this week. Again, voting continues through downtime on Tuesday. Vote early, vote often, vote the way the state tells you, unless you are not in the Imperium. If you're not in the Imperium, then vote for me and angry at the top of your ballot. <laughs> we will see you all next week for the Meta Show. Thanks for all, thanks you all, thank you all for joining us. You stay classy, New Eden.